today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Get ready for the most energy-packed half hour in radio. <laughs> You've been looking forward to speaking with Adam Oldfield. I know I have all week long, and he has a lot to talk about. Hi, Adam. Hi, Jonah. <laughs> it is so good to be here with you. Uh, you're right. I am full of energy. Pulled my string, and I am ready to rip and roar. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's going to be tough because we're in different locations, but what the heck? <laughs> um, there is so much to talk about. One of the things um, that really grabbed my attention um, was how they are going to be making drinking water safer, particularly out of Grand Rapids, Michigan, where they have had a horrendous problem. Yeah, this is this is actually I'm surprised it hasn't got enough uh, recognition. But again, I talk from the tech side, but there's a lot of science and, and goodwill uh, uh, messaging that's being out there. Uh, out of Grand Rapids, Michigan, researchers have been able to develop a, uh, the removal of the toxic chemical uh, a PFAS. I'm I'm horrible horrible at this, but it's. Uh, uh, I'm saying it wrong, polyfluorocal substances, which is basically uh, little chemicals that are in like firefighting foams and nonstick cookware, cosmetics, those waterproof items, you know, where, where you think to yourself, oh, look what I'm wearing. Anyway, a lot of this stuff ends up in our drinking water because it ends up in the landfill or otherwise, and it does drain. It's not breaking down. So this non-breakdown of chemical ends up in our food chain. It ends up in our drinking water. Uh, you know, uh, it's it just by default. Well, this has been going on for years and you would not know this has a tasteless, it's tasteless, I should say. Uh, it has no smell. Um, we, you know, many people are drinking it across the United States and, and even Canada for that matter. Um, but we don't know it until after uh, there's a cancerous problem or they actually test you for it. So this has been an ongoing research that has been developed that has finally developed the ability that can actually heat the uh, the the water. It takes the water uh, from a well system or or through a um, you know through a sewer system that they're able to actually. Uh, I can't use the, the the exact reasons, but they're breaking down that chemical, the PFAS, that substance that gets into our into our systems, into our bloodstreams. We probably all have it. Uh, this is actually a great milestone as we talk about climate change, environmental uh, awareness, and otherwise. Uh, this scientist new development is going to be earth-breaking and hopefully cleaning, having cleaner water for everyone. Uh, yeah, it's polyfluoroacyl. See, I, this is why, Shona, you're, I remember working with you for years. You know, I used to just make up words and you'd be like, let me correct you, Adam. Here's what, you make up the word and then I'll make sure to tell everyone who's listening what the real word is. Yes, but see, where you shine and I don't is your knowledge of all things tech. One of the things that I thought was really interesting this week was that Meta, the company that owns Facebook, is opening uh, a real world location to sell all of the stuff you need to go into the virtual world. Well, they are, if you've been paying attention to the media and the newscast, you've been hearing that, you know, Facebook right now is really trying to get some recognition over the metaverse, which we know Zuckerberg has so much uh, uh, attention and, and all the shareholders are investing into this technology, uh, but not everyone's buying into it. And so right now, this metaverse is, is really with, under Facebook creating this Eh, do we really need it? Um, you know, and a lot of big companies are really trying to think that, well, we want to be there when the time comes. So uh, Facebook has set up a retail location out of their California campus where this is the first of its kind, Shona, that they have never 
actually had a physical uh, Facebook retail for, for people to come in. Now, that was always been done online. I mean, they have offices, obviously, and they've been working remote. But this is the first time anyone is able to go into a Facebook or I keep calling it Facebook, meta uh, business environment. Um, and they are really, really trying to get their the people, especially Generation Z. Generation Z, which is unique, not interested in the metaverse, which it was first anticipated they would be the most to jump into this tech world. They would be throwing on their Oculus Rift headsets, going into their virtual world and just enjoying this environment of never needing to speak with anyone in person again. Well, it's not happening. So Facebook is trying to educate people on it. And it's, again, using big names like Nike and Adidas was the first to jump in, followed by Nike jumping into the metaverse. This is a true story. It's called an NFT, non-fungible token. Now, this is a unique element. In a, think of it as a digital world that is non-copyable. You can't copy it and give to hundreds of people. So Nike just came out with a shoe, a digital shoe. This isn't real. You can't wear it. It's not like Jordans or any of those shoes that Nike made in the past. It was $8,000 for a digital shoe. <laughs> and they only made 20,000 of them in this metaverse. So the whole point of the matter is I, I, I love tech honestly, Shona, but this is even perplexing to me that somebody's <laughs> like, I'm going to buy a digital picture of a shoe and Nike, because they made it, uh, is is now launching this. So uh, anyway, good luck to Meta. I don't know if anyone's jumping into this metaverse. It's not there yet. We're not we're not in that level of people accepting it. You know, the reason why I think that age group that they thought was going to be all over this, but isn't is because they are so tech savvy. They're like, you know what? This is nonsense. It is. Not, it is. Well, you know, and I think there's a disappointment when, it, you know, and I jumped into the metaverse because I, I got excited being a tech guy. And I remember jumping into it going, all right. And I'm thinking I'm going to see uh, like almost Toy Story, uh, you know, Pixar vir virtual worlds where it seems so real, like a video game on, on, on PlayStation or Xbox. But it's more like Minecraft 1980s pixel world where I'm like this Thanks. Nobody wanted this. <laughs> um, you know, and, and, and I think they're not there yet. Our computer technology and our bandwidth doesn't allow for that smooth virtual world that we are thinking exists. It is not there. It, it looks like a bunch of uh, Pac-Man or Donkey Kong pixeled world. And I don't and today we're so you know spoiled with how graphic uh, uh ex, you know intensive uh videos and movies and i mean there's 8k televisions on the market why would i want to go to a 64 bit looking world so i think it's got a long way to go before it's accepted or we've all seen the matrix <laughs> that's right maybe we're already in it shona this is just a, a reality of jumping back into uh you know uh, another virtual world that you know we're all really living in this doesn't this isn't real yeah now we're just spooking everybody right now well i know meta is selling the you know virtual goggles and that sort of thing if they have a probe that goes into the base of my skull i'm getting the heck out of there Call it a quits. Get off the map and find a cottage up north in Algonquin. <laughs> You're done. I'm done. I'm done. Um, one of the things a lot of us have uh, would be these uh, personal assistants in your homes. You know, Siri, and I better be careful because I've got my phone here, um, and Alexa, um, and they're always listening. 
Yes. Yeah. They've got the microphones on at all times. And in this uh, environment of which we, you know, I was very apprehensive to jumping into it myself. Now I bought so many of them. I've set them up in every, my house, my office. Uh, I literally give it instructions at all given the day. Uh, Michelle has always said to me, why are we, you know, why are we using so many different listening devices? But the fact of the matter is these are constantly listening. The microphones may be off. Off, but it is using this information from which we are, or they being, uh, you know, Google and, and, and Apple and, and Amazon for that matter, they are listening to understand and the ads are being generated by, and it's been proven, researchers have actually stated that uh, Alexas and Series are listening for the purpose of being able to monetize on advertising. So when you go to your computer or you go on your, on your mobile device, what they're doing is they're taking a little more, uh, they're listening for that reason. Now, we always anticipated, there was always a bit of a, geez, I think it's listening to me. I just was talking about it. Now I see an ad for it. The reality is it does exist. So keep that in mind when you're listening or buying these uh, mobile devices in your home and you're putting it in your environment, that this is something that you are, I want to say, uh, uh, using this technology to help obviously make your life a little easier, but you are literally giving away your life with respects to how you live, what's being said, uh, all of that. Now, uh, keep in mind in the other side of this, when we retrofit homes with technology, Shona, is that, you know, Alexa's and Google's and Amazon's, they are the best to go with. A company uh, just went bankrupt, leaving thousands of people in the dark. Um, their servers have been offline. And if uh, you were using this company, it was more or less set up as a way to uh, create your lights, your thermostats, uh, not an Amazon, not a Google. Uh, it's a proprietary product that was actually set up in a way that was operating. And I, I won't give their name because I don't want to give them bad you know, publicity, but I do want to make a point that if you are going to make your house smart and you're going to set up all of these elements like smart lights and smart security systems and otherwise, go with a reputable company. They, might, they may still be using your information for advertising. However, using a non-popular company that doesn't have uh, the kind of, I would say, engagement as a Google and otherwise, they ended up going bankrupt and thousands of homes are no longer turning on, the lights are no longer active, their thermostats aren't working, and you can no longer control your house if you're away from it. So keep that in mind if you're not using a popular brand. <laughs> okay, that's a little scary. But the other thing is that um, <laughs> if it goes out of business... Or it, you know, it's it's shutting down and it decides that it's going to sell an asset, which would be all of the information that it's acquired. You yes. have no control over where that's going. No, once that's purchased and that's uh, privatized or otherwise, uh, you know what? I mean, hell, I'll, I'll just jump into it. Elon Musk purchase of Twitter. I mean, all that information from 2006 the free speech king that he wants to be and the discussion that he keeps claiming of why he needs to update Twitter. You know what? I'm going to say it straight out where he owns, uh, by the way, when the deal's done, I'm not saying right now, but based on him taking the purchase and owning it, yeah, he owns now all that information Twitter has been collecting. Twitter has just as much, if not uh, a little less than what Facebook was collecting on us. Twitter has so much detail about who we are, what we do, what's engaged and otherwise. And now when that's purchased, in the case of like Elon Musk buying it, he owns all that proprietary information. And going uh, private, 
is now going to be able to use that data to integrate any way he wants with other with his other organizations. Primarily, I'm thinking Tesla, yeah. but maybe there's other ventures that he might be wanting to to get engaged with. Like he owns everything Twitter was ever collecting on on everyone, pretty much. Yeah. And I'm actually considering that there could be some implications for cryptocurrency as well. Well, his two interests in the future, and he's very, very blatantly uh, speaking about that, is uh, gaming and cryptocurrency. Those are two areas that Elon Musk has very, very clearly stated over the last year. His strategy direction has been. He doesn't even call Tesla a car company. He calls it a technology company. And the idea behind Tesla, he's very, very clear, is saying Tesla will no longer be it will be a mode of transportation, but it will be the access to how we engage with life, meaning it will be an entertainment center. It will be a work environment. When you're in a Tesla, think of it as an office or your home away. The car is just a mobile device to get you where you need to be. While it's doing that task, it will entertain you. It will engage you. It will allow you to purchase. Um, you know, and using the information from Twitter's database combined with what Tesla has been collecting for uh, since it's been technically online uh, and driving, so to speak, um, is mind blowing. I mean, with what Tesla can do uh, based on where you go, where you're driving, not only just yourself, it's collecting data about the world. I'm referring to Tesla specifically. So if he takes Twitter, integrates that cryptocurrency, he now has a mode of communication. The communication integrates within the Tesla computer or the the car. I call it computer, uh, uh, but for, you know, layman's terms, it's a car. And they're going to be integrating this and making it literally, uh, you know, private cars picking you up uh, and taking you to locations while they're showing you a movie or play a video game. Or maybe you want to order that pizza with your cryptocurrency as it's transporting you home from work. Well, you know, when you buy a Tesla, you're buying a computer with a battery and they've <laughs> bonused you a car. <laughs> Threw some four wheels on it and called it a day. That's yeah. that's exactly what it is. You're yeah. right. To to grab a couple of threads from our conversation so far, I really thought the entry point for things like the metaverse, um, and uh, and you know when you talk about Elon Musk and and Twitter and the information it has from the algorithms and uh, cryptocurrency, I really thought the entry point for all of that would have been through gaming. Well, it, and it, it would have been, and I think that's going to be where it's going to be, Shona. And that's why I think, I mean, gaming has just been deem, uh, deemed to be assumed to be multi-trillion dollar uh, industry. I mean, it, it, it's growing in popularity. It's growing now in, in a sporting environment. Um, you know, gaming is even being used from a uh, general life env- environment. I mean, Facebook, if you will, and Twitter and, and TikTok, they're all algorithms are based on gaming. They're based on gambling, actually. So, I mean, you know, we're kind of generalizing the whole aspect of it all, but gaming to a degree of where and what the future holds for the, you know, civilization for that matter is gaming. You're correct. It will be that integrated with the ability to purchase, uh, you know, a, an ability to engage with your family, your friends, uh, you know, the old days of getting together with a bottle of wine with your family and uh, uh, and drinks with the kids with pizza and playing board games is just been enhanced with a computer. I still want the real wine and pizza, though. <laughs> Sorry, I do. <laughs> 
That's never going to change. Uh, one of the interesting things that you have uh, in in this list of things that we're talking about uh, is Apple. I mean, <laughs> I guess we've got to give everybody yeah. equal time. <laughs> um, but uh, they're they're hydrating smart water bottles. You know, when you're talking about a quality product, if Steve Jobs was around today, he would talk like there is no other water bottle that exists. <laughs> there is there is only this water bottle. And I, you know, and, and as I was, you know, preparing our, our content and the things that are happening in tech, all I can picture is that black turtleneck standing on stage going, there has been ways to consume H2O for centuries. It is the most uh, uh, sought after liquid in the world. And Apple has finally created the product <laughs> to give you the full hydration you've expected. If this isn't the best product on the planet, there is no other water bottle. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I can almost hear it in my head. Absolutely. Um, and so, but okay, so what is this about these hydrated uh, spark water bottles by Apple? They're available on the store. If you go to the Apple website, you can now buy these hydrating water water bottles. Okay, why is it so great? Well, first of all, it holds water. Yay, that's, that, that's, that's a great feature. <laughs> Second is that it, it, it actually synchronizes with your Apple Health app. So, uh, you know, what they've determined is that this, this water bottle can now synchronize with your Apple device, with your Apple Watch, and what it will do is it will adapt. It will adapt to how much water you've taken, how much water is left, how much you should hydrate. It will actually integrate based on how much you've sweat or your heart rate. It will determine when your hydration or water levels are necessary, as opposed to just running around in the sun and looking at your your uh, friends are otherwise going man you look like you're dehydrated here have a glass of water this actually will flash colors will will vibrate your wrist and more or less scream at you you need to drink this is critical for your life and you need to keep yourself refreshed now apple stepping up on the health game we know that with all their technology it makes perfect sense that they would throw a water bottle with all these bells and whistles for 80 dollars us i mean it's a water bottle that more or less screams at you to drink yeah. for a hundred dollars and it will give you pretty much a update on how well you need to drink or how much you need to drink. At that price point, I wanted to be Wallowitz's mother's voice. <laughs> you haven't had enough water. You need a little <laughs> more. It might come with some upgrades. I didn't find that feature out, but I can tell you, I all I know is that it yells, it vibrates and screams. Have some have something to drink. So, you know, uh, I don't know if it's worth that price, though. <laughs> you know, yeah, that might give you pause. But when we go from something that is um, proprietary, like this seems to be from Apple, um, a lot of uh, iPads and iPhones are going to be changing in very, very soon. Man, I'll tell you, this is expensive. Apple has fought hard shown up for this one and when you buy an apple product the ongoing comment is every new product that from apple in the past was always oh great i gotta get a better cable or i gotta buy a new cable or that cable won't work with anything i own before well they are officially going to have to now integrate with the rest of technology in the world and that is ipads and iphones are going to need to have a usb-c port now in case you don't know what that is it is pretty much the standard as of today when you plug in most most devices, uh, current devices, I should say. Androids have them, uh, pretty much all tablets, uh, even the back of, of most t televisions come with this. Well, Apple has been using the lightning cable, proprietary to its products, and they have argued 
with the uh, with Europe in regards to why their products are unique. Now, they try to solve it by saying, well, we're going to fix the environmental pro- uh, problem of people buying extra cables by not giving anyone a cable. <laughs> so that was obviously uh, uh, not the solution. So uh, anyway, the European Union has voted and it is now official all electronic products will have to have a USB-C cable. Now, it won't be out in time for the iPhone 14, but I can tell you the iPhone 16 and all electronic devices by all manufacturers will have to carry a USB-C for charging purposes. So you can now switch easily with a cable or be with anyone and say, hey, do you have a charging cable? And not say, oh, is it an Apple? No? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm running out of battery. I don't know what to do with my life. Yeah, if you're in a relationship and you're an, you've got an iPhone, they've got an Android, oh, it's just doomed. That's it's chaos, actually. Oh. Cats and dogs falling from the sky. You know, <laughs> children crying in the back. The world is coming to an end. <laughs> it's it's nuts. Mass hysteria. <laughs> uh, one thing uh, we've only got a couple of minutes. It amazes me how quickly this uh, this feature goes by. Uh, but one thing that I wanted to touch on, which I think is going to be completely revolutionary, and that's uh, that scientists have managed to develop a no moving parts heat engine. Yes, this is earth shattering. Honestly, I mean, again, I find these things and then I'm like, why am I the only one reporting this? It's a solid state chip with no moving parts that can actually convert heat into electricity. Now, why that may mean something or not mean anything to anyone, but think about it as uh, uh, more or less Niagara Falls no longer being a major power source to provide uh, you know, energy for Ontario. This solid state energy conversion is now capable through MIT. They've been able to develop a science that can generate electricity with uh, very li- with no moving parts. So what that means is that it can be more efficient, it can output more energy, um, and there's less chances of breaking down. So this new clean renewable energy is ongoing. So, uh, you know, to kind of like taking the sun and more or less generating a non-moving part electrical device is is groundbreaking for anything. And I mean, as we've just been talking about, uh, 80% of the discussions of products we just talked about all require electricity to operate. Um, this is going to be less uh, with regards to uh, environmentally friendly, it will also increase the amount of how much energy we can ex- execute or uh, roll out, meaning cars could be able to run uh, simply by heat energy will no longer require the, uh, 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 you know, a lithium ion battery for that matter. So it's a it's a very entry level of what's been able to happen. But it is a milestone for where the future holds with regards to how we're going to be able to produce clean energy through heat. And in comparison, this is better than steam turbines. Oh, well, yeah, steam turbines. I mean, uh, which apparently I didn't realize we're still very much involved, like I mentioned, in in regards to how it's generating that heat into the electricity. Uh, This is... Uh, literally groundbreaking from that degree. That can be one of those areas of how do you, you know, create that steam turbine uh, and what, again, it's more components that break, Shona, that is the issue. Those are the, you know, maintenance and ongoing and when when there's issues and the efficiencies of how much is being outputted by, by the actual uh, old technology to what the new technology is capable of delivering yeah. to the grid using this new innovation that's coming out. Okay, Adam, I'm sorry. We've got to go. We're out of time. No problem. Great to be with you today. Oh, love talking to you. It's always so fascinating. 
The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.